Architecture has the power, it can certainly influence the environment that shapes a sort of a mirror to society. And I think that Parliament isn't a mirror to the way that we should live. The challenge is always, is it economically led or is it led for people? If there was another building anywhere in the world that you think is in need of a radical overhaul because it's no longer fit for, for the purpose it has, what would it be? Um, I, think. I think maybe the, the Vatican Catholic Church. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rewire, a podcast brought to you by EG with the aim of rewiring the real estate industry one story at a time. Through this podcast, we'll be looking at all things diversity and inclusion from gender, ethnicity, background, sexuality to diversity of thought and the diverse range of roles available within the built environment. I'm your host, Sam McClary, and joining me on today's podcast is James Mitchell from Axiom Architects. Now, you may think, why on earth is James on a podcast about diversity? Well, as you know, diversity comes in many forms. And today we are talking about the role that architecture and design has to play in creating more diverse, more inclusive, more collaborative places, spaces, environments, businesses, and even politics. Uh, so we um, connected because um, you came up with some um, pretty radical designs for the Palace of Westminster, yes. which um, we all know is going to be refurbished. Probably not with the designs that you've come up with, but um, no. can you can you talk us through um, your vision, I suppose, for the Palace of Westminster and why you why you came up with it? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it all comes back to my interest in power structures and how the relationship of work, live and leisure overlap. And with the current deadlock in Parliament at the moment, it's so far removed from anything that you would design tomorrow for a democratic building. And I think that architecture has the power and it can certainly influence the environment that shape the sort of a mirror to society. And I think that Parliament isn't a mirror to the way that we should live. So it was about looking at interventions to try and open that out. You know, it's a rectangular House of Commons, House of Lords, very confrontational, very old. And modern democratic buildings are more sort of assembly, open. Um, and I think that the, the material should reflect that. So it's about sight lines, people being able to interact, the public being able to interact. So that was the that was the thought behind it. A no better building than Houses of Parliament to, to reflect that. Indeed. So your designs have um, created more of a sort of circular feel, I suppose, to the, yeah. the um, front benches or yes. um, and I guess what led you to that particular design? I know obviously non confrontational but also quite probably quite hard to put into a, a structure such as the Palace of Westminster. And you're not um, proposing that we blow it up. No, exactly. Although some of the comments so far actually suggest that. So <laughs> <laughs> mixed reviews. Um, yeah, I think that it's about having a central point. And I think that a circle is natural for that. It's a bit like um, if you go out for dinner you're on a round table it's a lot easier to interact with the people around you because it's you're leading to one central point and that's on a micro level but on a larger scale 
it has the same impact. And if you look at other the Scottish Assembly and other assemblies around the world, they you are at a point where you can see from a completely different angle. So you can see 360 degrees. Um, and it's not this line where you're lined up to battle. And I think that's where... I mean, politics is about confrontation, so that's a good thing. You know, you you get to the truth through conflict in some ways. But I think the proposal here is to sort of have a... The public can go there as well, so it's not blocked off. If you look at Westminster at the moment, it's just a huge wall that is... You know, you can't see anything other than on television. So it should be a place where people can come as well and view the, the debates that are happening. Clearly, you need some private space for discussions and other sensitive matters, but it should be more democratic, and I think that is, should be reflected in the design. True. And um, are, there, are there any places or buildings or countries that do, do it particularly well? Um, I think Scandinavian countries are very good at having open democracy I think the buildings specifically um, I mean Herman Hertzberger designed I think it was Ministry of Social Affairs I think in The Hague and he's a huge influence of mine actually and he, he his interest is in social space so I went to a talk at the RIBA and his first slide is people sitting on a steps and it's that kind of idea that is transferred into our proposal at um, at the Houses of Parliament, where you know there should be areas for you to be able to sit down, view, be just a, a a true public space should reflect that and not just be so closed off. So, yeah, Scandinavian countries are generally very good at that. I think that um, the modern office design, the work play kind of element, you look at WeWork uses a lot of those ideas where it's community based um, it's really not a new thing it's just that they're distorting the market at the moment but um, and and then you compare that on a work level with the new power new kids on the block which is the tech used to be the banks now it's tech and they just you know they have you know the play parks in the middle of their um, in their buildings and they create communities and that in turn you know creates collaboration and inclusivity as well so that's and that's where i think it you know architecture does have a part to play as well as all the other factors that um that, that come into it and how are those conversations with with your clients with the developers out there are they are they pushing you to push them on on that sort of thing to thinking about the people and how we develop in collaboration and diversity and inclusion? I think it's a good point. I think that I don't think people have generally always been at the heart of buildings per se when they when they should be. I think it's changing now. I think that developers are becoming aware that um, that this is important for people that either inhabit, live or work or um, have leisure in these buildings, I think it is important. I think there is a recognition that mindfulness has a huge part to play now. It's Mental health is is a huge issue that needs to be addressed and I think part of that, um, there's, there's the well-certified um, 
standard that you apply to some office buildings now and I think you know you could apply that to to anything to hotels um, I mean housing should inherently have those values um, but I think that you know, being happy in the workplace is going to be sort of more more productivity the challenge is space because you know you are giving over a large majority of the space to a social area mm. which might not be seen as a true rental capital area I so get that's, that's, the, that's the big debate isn't it because if you want to get the talent yeah. then you have to um, have that space these days and if yeah. you want to be you know some will argue I suppose that if you want to be a profitable business um, you you need that space as, as well because you're not going to get the greatest greatest minds in there and if you've got um, if you've got the greatest minds and you're a profitable business then you, you can pay the rent and if the developer slash architect understands that you can say no 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 you can th yes. there is value to this space right. because of the kind of occupy you will attract and I think that's that's the challenge it's the it's it's quantifying that as a positive and I think that's where the that's where the, the sort of the, the narrative and the debate needs to come from I think it's getting better certainly see it in London you see other new modern office developments now or any kind of shared workspace I mean like I say you know keep referring to we work but it's something as a everyone practice does, don't worry. everyone does yeah exactly um but as a practice you know actually we try to um you know debate this all the time and and i think if we can get that into our mindset then naturally when we're discussing proposals with our clients we can then show them that there is a sort of tangible element to this which would um which would help their portfolio as well so do you think there's a responsibility on on the built environment and every player in it to deliver um, places and spaces that enhance or create a community? I was talking with a um, fellow architect, with Sa um, Professor Sadie Morgan, and she was talking about how um, you know we would be doing um, society and ourselves as a business a disservice if we didn't create communities where it was safe for kids to play where we you know we should be able to design out knife crime for example mm. um and you know if we aren't able to create those communities then you know we're not we're not worthy of calling ourselves built environment specialists yeah no, i 100% agree on that yeah no i think it's it's really important i think that um it, i guess a, a this is quite a radical idea here but i was having this debate um with a um with someone from the Labour Party and and it, the challenge is how do how do you design these community um, sort of high value um, diverse places where exactly they that reflect everything that you've just said and I know in Japan it's they're incentivizing developers so instead of penalizing developers and taxing them what they do is they give them a tax break but what they have to do is design high quality spaces so agreed that maybe the client or the developer individually or as a company might pay less tax however the end result is a series of fantastic spaces and and places so I think 
it's a which I suppose can deliver more um, benefit to the people to the people so yeah. you don't actually need the taxes to then fix the problems that the exactly. environment has caused so you might lose less tax that goes back into the system however what you are getting is a fantastic sustainable socially sustainable place for you know for the next however many years so I it's a uh, housing is a real challenge you know it, it is there's no space we don't build land anymore as they say mm. so it's um especially it's, not on a tiny island yeah exactly so how do yeah. we how do we get round that then? Because I think that's quite an interesting topic to look at. If we're you know if we are running out of space, but we're not running out of people, um, and we want to create um, places that feel open, you know, if we're very focused on um, people's well well being, yeah. space is an important part of mm. that. You know, we live in a society where people's stress levels are are through the roof, yeah. and mental health um, issues are. Are rising but if we don't have enough room to put those people in homes and offices how how do we how do we fix that it's probably an unanswerable question but I'm going to try it anyway it's a huge question and it's something that I think about quite a lot and I think there is a move to try and look for spaces where building over railways that's one idea to try and increase housing um the natural answer would be to say is to go taller. Now, that is controversial because no one likes tall buildings. They are, they're there, you can't miss them. Um, however, if you can create taller buildings with intermediate social spaces, so there was a study from the 70s that said that the circulation and the, the mind, the well-being of individuals that lived on the top floor of a high-rise tower was just awful because your decision-making for the day you 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 wouldn't do micro casual decisions to get out of the out mm. of the apartment because you're all the way up there so i think if you did go taller the the you would have to have an element of being environmentally sustainable socially sustainable within that place because you don't want to spend all your time you know stuck in a stuck in an apartment let's yeah. say so it's, it's trying to find those intermediate spaces within maybe a larger building and they're actually being used as well because you, you know you see it all the time it's like you've got all these kind of nice amenity spaces but they're dead they're not used mm. and going back to sort of Sadie's point it's and you know your discussion previously it's about yeah how do you activate those spaces and try and make them usable and have them not just for now but it's 50 years 60 years 70 years mm. so um yeah it's a huge question and it's um and I, I think but it, it is up to architects as well as everyone else though to to challenge that and come up with solutions because we can't just rely on politicians because it's it, it's never going to happen. So we've got to. Be, I think, as architects, we need to be more politically active, mm. and I don't think we are. I think we we kind of wait, and I think that, and that's the RIBA as well. They need to be. We need to be writing. Like the NLA do some great work, you know, but it should be. We should be more involved in shaping policy. 
yeah, I, 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 you kind of took the words out of my mouth. So my question was going to be: Do we, you know, do we think that politicians or actually the general public understand um, the importance that our built environment has on uh, decisions that are made for the people, um, the you know, the environment that we live in? And if if, poli- if politicians did get this and they sat in a circle instead of facing each other. Could we then create a um, a country, a a world um, that does do better because it's it's taken into consideration the the spaces are, and buildings around it to um, create that communication? I suppose. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think I think it I think it would. I don't. I think there is a. I think in the sort of in the psyche of. Um, architecture and housing everything seems the default position is always um probably grand designs isn't mm. it and it's more about aspiration to that level where actually there is a that's a minute point one of a percent of the country but it seems to be that that's like in in the sort of the, the national sort of consciousness so i think that we can do better as architects by communicating clearer i think we can theorize about stuff quite heavily which is you know is not no no use to man or beast sometimes mm. I think we can sort of so I think debates being involved in um, collaborating with other disciplines um, could be better mm. um, I think it the challenge is always is it economically led or is it led for people mm. and that's the that's always the, the that's where the tension lies because you need both. Yeah, and they should be in, interlinked, shouldn't they? They should, it should be, be that yeah. You know, if you get the right people and you deliver the right thing for the people, then the, the profit will come. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But I guess most business thinks profit profit first. Exactly, because, you, you know, they're selling it to the banks and the funds and whoever else. And is it discussed in those meetings? I'm not mm. sure. Mm. Are you hopeful that there is a, a change around the corner? I am. I see. Um, I think that I was listening to Sadiq Khan on the um, on the Five Live on Sunday morning politics. Penal's politics. He's not property's favourite person, but uh, we'll see where you go. With Sadiq this. Khan. Yeah. Um, why is that? Just for well, out of interest. Well, yeah. Interest. He has. Well, he has no interest, does he? No. Well, the only interest that he was talking about clean air. That was that was the debate. Which is so, important. Which is important about, um, but I think that yeah, there probably is a a lack of urgency. I mean, the, the shortage of social housing is, you know, I don't think it's ever been so low, is it? Mm. So that's a real problem. Um, I am hopeful. I mean, uh, hopefully not coming across pessimistic. I'm optimistic, and I think that's the purpose of doing these, you know, this, this study with Houses of Parliament. You could apply some of those concepts to anything really and I think with you know I've, I've seen Sadie talk quite a few times and she has a huge influence on the NLA as well um, and I think people like her and you know other people should be thinking about the people in the environment not necessarily about their own brand mm. it's probably be objective mm. about the situation um, but it needs strength it needs architects and engineers to sort of stand up and and actually try and you know sort of make make that change 
Do you th- think we've had in in this um, very room before, um, uh, and we've um, some people, and we've been talking about the um, view of architects from the developer's perspective. That it used to be very much like, oh, they just make buildings look pretty, um, but now it is more collaborative, and they will um, communicate with architects to say, well, how can we create a, a building that um, not only delivers for us and our shareholders, but delivers um, for the occupier and the occupier's end, end user. Um, so do you do you see that um, when you talk about um, the built environment from your perspective now that it is more collaborative in, in that way and there is it's not architect versus developer versus engineer that you do all have the same vision? Huge. Yeah, it's a lot more collaborative. I think multi Sort of multidisciplined. I think it's difficult to tell the difference between some engineers and architects. Actually, I think there's so much um, collaboration, not just internally but within the industry as well, and they and they do cross over. And I think that where historically maybe it used to be the sort of the architect at the top of the top of the tree, and then it's of kind of gone to now it's changed to project managers, and now so I think. But that that is changing as well. I'm definitely seeing a change in the. I think d- developers are and clients are becoming more interested, um, in the places that they are shaping. Definitely. And I suppose we the end goal is to expand that out further, so politicians get involved in that. Um, I think Joe so. Or Josephine on the street gets more involved with that. I think so. I think there's definitely a separation. I think it's there's too many different camps. And I think there's not enough, you know, the only way you get through that is through debate, I guess. And it's sort of discourse and sort of challenging it at school, university, um, public debates, you know, because I think ultimately it's the people that have to live there. Mm. So they should have a have a say. Absolutely. So before we um, go, uh, you've already um, come up with a new, new design for the Palace of Westminster. Um, if there were... And if there was another building anywhere in the world that you think is in need of a radical overhaul because it's no longer fit for for the purpose it has, what would it be? Um, I think maybe not a building, but buildings. So, I, I'm, like I said, we're, we're interested in power structures. So, I think maybe the the Vatican Catholic Church. If you look at churches you look at any religious building institutionally you know very rigid you know how how would you you know are they it sounds strange saying that they fit for purpose but they they were designed for reflection and and for you know for being quiet but you sort of question you know do we live our lives like that anymore so Mm. it could be you know how, how would you apply those concepts and ideas to those structures the Bank of England could be another one you know like you look at the square mile and it's just full of old institutional power structures that you know how do you distort those and make change because it's it's a closed loop element and it's any institution like that I don't want to seem like I'm going after the institutions but I think that those are the real power power brokers so it's kind of how do you how do you distort that 
and you could distort that through certainly through architecture and design has a massive part to play in that mm. I'd love to see the Vatican redesigned I think yeah I mean that would be a tough one be a tough one and and beautiful building I will say yeah I, g- I you know, guess that's, that's that's the I don't don't get me wrong they're fantastic building beautiful I've been and they there. tell a tell a story you and know, they tell a story and it's like what story should that be telling now mm. that's really the well, let's see what a um, a newly designed world with all our yeah. historic buildings um, changed um, for use. Maybe they'll all be WeWorks, who knows? Maybe they'll all be WeWorks. <laughs> um, it's probably exactly. front page of EG next week. Vatican <laughs> becomes WeWorks. Yeah. <laughs> thank you Brilliant. so much for no, your time. You. Fascinating conversation. Thank you. It's great. Thank you.